exciting to be back doing a podcast the week of a tournament on the PGA Tour. This is the Secret Golf Podcast and I'm Diane Knox and we're back. Well, we've been here all along, but I guess we're returning to some form of normality when it comes to a season and competition. And by Sunday evening, we're going to have a new winner on the PGA Tour. It's crazy. It's um, It's been a long three months, 11 cancelled tournaments on the PGA Tour. And yeah, finally, things are underway at the Charles Schwab Challenge. <laughs> a tournament name that I really struggle to say, um, at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. It is a jam-packed tournament, as you would expect, you know, the top five in the world playing. And we have 12 of the secret golfers in the field as well. I'm going to talk more about that in just a few minutes. So the way that this works now is... The season has resumed. Instead of the usual 49 events, there's only going to be 36 events. And the Tour Championship at Eastlake is going to be held Labor Day weekend. Now, it's going to be interesting um, because obviously, you know, guys need to be playing now to get points to make it into the top 30 by the time that rolls around. And even looking at some of the big names, I mean, Dustin Johnson is 111th right now in the standings. Brooks Kepka, 213th. So the fields are going to be jam-packed over the next few weeks and months for a number of reasons. First of all, guys haven't had competitive golf for three months and they're desperate to get back out there. But secondly, every single point is just so valuable when it comes to moving up those standings as you would expect as well it's a bit of a new normal on the PGA Tour with COVID testing social distancing guidelines no fans at, at least the first four events but on the podcast this week I talked to Ryan Palmer now, we caught up on Monday after he'd been out at the course, so had experienced it firsthand. And he gives us a bit of a look at the things that are different for them. Um, he said the main thing is it's just going to require a bit more patience from everybody, just how things are looking out there and what the guys are saying, what they think about having no fans at the tournaments, what they think about having to adjust their daily routine to allow for testing, to allow more time for things to be cleaned and whatever. He goes into all of that. Now, Ryan's home club is Colonial. He's been playing the course pretty much every day for the past couple of months, and he's been playing it with his caddy, James. So immediately you would think Palmer is at a bit of an advantage heading into the week. Last year, he finished T6. Best finish here was in 2016 when he finished T3. And he tells me that winning this may be better than winning a major. I'll let you listen to it now, but this is Ryan Palmer from his home in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, perfect. How are you? Good, yeah. Just actually just came home to a leak in my ceiling, so other now oh. we're good. Uh, how is the weather there? Hot. So how has this whole weird quarantine break been for you? Yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been... Interesting, I guess you'd say, but it's been kind of nice. Uh, obviously, getting to be home with Jim and the kids, hanging out, and having an off season pretty much. Uh, you know, normally, this is November, December when we get the time off, but uh, not during the kind of the early parts of summer. So, you know, just been a lot of hanging out, um, learning to smoke a few different things on the smoker, uh, 
homeschooling. Jim's been doing that a lot. Obviously, his kids are at school now, but uh, yeah, it's been a uh, there've been some trying times for sure. But uh, overall, it's been great just all being together for sure. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I feel like everyone's used their time so differently and you can do other things. As you say, it's a bit of an off season to relax and, you know, get your mind off golf a little bit. But then you still are waiting for it's not even a brand new season to start. It's just for everything to get going again and for you to be able to hopefully pick up where you left off. Yeah, no, that's what uh, these last few weeks have been and kind of exciting, I think, in my mind, you know being very anxious to get going, uh, you know, return to golf is going to be exciting. Uh, I know myself has been working hard. I didn't really kind of count the days to, to this Thursday. And, uh, you know, when I show up today um, at, at Colonial Country Clubs, I've been playing all week being a member there. So I've been going obviously there all week, but uh, to get there today with official tournament week beginning, uh, a, little, a little different. Uh, some of the things we need to do uh, as far as registering and needing some club work. That's going to be the the moments where people are going to, have to kind of find some patience. And but uh, overall, it was nice to just kind of be out there, see a lot of guys, uh, say hello, say hello to the ones I saw. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been three months, but uh, it's time to uh, time to get going. I know. I was going to say. Well, first of all, it must be like the first day back to school when you haven't seen all your friends for like three months. But we'll we'll talk about the kind of new normal in a little while. But you're a member of the player advisory council, and I know that you guys had like countless long meetings figuring out how to make the PGA Tour a safe environment, but also for the season to be able to continue. So. I take it, you know, everyone that you encountered during those conversations, they all wanted, first of all, golf to start back, but then secondly, to make it as safe as possible going forward. Yeah, no, there, there was a few calls that were, they were lengthy for sure. Um, you know, our player directors did an unbelievable job along with the board to, to make sure the competition was still the same, whatever they needed to do. And, uh, you know, we went through a lot of different things, talking about all the protocols, uh, how we're going to get started, how's it going to look. And, uh, you know, so far it's been pretty simple. Um, I did the at-home test last week. Uh, I went there yesterday morning to the testing site, did the test, got my results back in a, I mean, a couple hours, if that. And then uh, today was was the registration was easy. Uh, obviously, you had to pick our balls up at a different location from Titleist and to get club work and get a tournament, put a name on them. Then they got to sanitize it, take it, clean it, fix it, bring it back, clean it. Put my name on it and then I go pick it up. So those are the small things you got to kind of the new norm you got to find. But uh, yeah, a lot of work went into to getting this thing going. Um, my hats off to, the, to our board, to Jay Monahan, his staff, our player directors. Uh, you know, it took a lot to get things going, but uh, and here we are, uh, first week Charles Swap Challenge on my home course at Colonial, and uh, I think our golf fans are in for a treat. Obviously, no fans going to be at the first four tournaments. We know that for sure. I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. Do you? I mean, how do you feel about no fans on the course? Uh, it'll be different for a lot. I mean, who knows? I mean, guys are used to seeing, you know, folks down the fairway, uh, grandstands and certain holes that are kind of surround the green. And, you know, greens look different when there's no no fans there, um, no stands. I, I, I've seen Colonial, you know, through and throughout, so I, I'm not too worried about what it looks like to me. Uh but guys will see some holes that are different for sure without the fans, without the grandstand. So uh, it takes some getting used to, I think, for a lot of people because I would say it's going to be quiet as can be. Uh, guys may end up having more fun playing, you know, shouting out, who knows. Uh, 
how guys are going to take it. So, you know, we'll just kind of play the first few days and really I'm going to treat it like I'm at home playing the big game at Colonial with all the members because that's what it's going to feel like. Uh, nobody out there playing the golf course with no fans, no stands. So um, for me, it won't feel much different. Yeah, obviously, you know, this is ideal for you because it is Colonial and this is where you live. So it's a course that you, as you say, you've seen it without the grandstands and without the fans so many times before. You haven't had to worry about travel this week and courtesy cars and all that stuff that going forward is going to change. And that that's almost like the, the biggest worry. Yeah, it's nice to have this first week at home, for sure, staying at home, not worrying about, you know, getting here, getting my car, doing all that. I was able to, like I said, go get tested yesterday morning. I drove over, took care of that. So I didn't have to really mess with it today. So, uh, yeah, and then I, I came home now, just kind of relaxed. So uh, that's the nice part about it. I'll enjoy enjoy the bubble of my home for the whole week. And, then uh, you know, I'll do all the traveling, obviously, the next two weeks. But uh, it is exciting to play our first event on Colonial, where I, I've played so many times, James and myself. So. Uh, we're looking for a good, a good week. Uh, game's ready to go. I'm excited for what I've been doing to prepare. So, uh, well, uh, it's going to be a great week. Not having to worry. You know, the nice thing is it's kind of relaxing, not having to worry about normally my years past, uh, you know, friends and family show up, you know, 200 plus tickets I'm putting out, text messages coming in, wanting tickets, which is great. And I love having them out there, but it'll be a little different this week, but it's going to be kind of nice to just kind of sit back and relax this week and, and just go play golf. Yeah, I didn't even think about that side of it because um, it'll be a lot more chilled in that sense. But on the other hand, as you say, you love being able to have, especially at your home tournament, your friends and your family out there just to, to show their support. And I'm sure you feed off that. Yeah, I do. And I'll miss having them out there for sure. But, you know, again, that we're gonna, I think CBS is going to do a great job, the Golf Channel, as far as broadcasting this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll miss having everybody out here. But then again, I also kind of enjoy not having to always feel obligated. Not obligated, just always enjoy seeing everybody, shaking hands, saying hi. And then I, and then I end up leaving and going home. But uh, it'll be nice to kind of just sit back, show up, do my work, and then just go home. So, uh, yeah, it'll be different this year. Um, I can't wait for next year to see everybody back out there. But uh, we're going to make the best of it this year. With regards to testing, did you have to do an at-home test a few weeks ago and then you had to do another one yesterday ahead of the actual tournament? Yeah, we did our saliva test last week, uh, sent it in, got the results back, and then um, you know went yesterday morning to do the nasal swab, I guess, is the main test. So, uh, yeah, that's part of the norm right now, uh, testing and making sure we're all clean and clear. I think it's a huge week, huge few weeks for the PGA Tour to – and a huge week for the sporting world to um, to kind of go out and hopefully have uh, nothing nothing happen, no no spikes, uh, no positive tests, so that way we can kind of show sports can go on. That's the main thing, and uh, I think it's going to be a great week. How many times during the week do you have to get tested? Is it a case that you got tested at the start and that was it, or do you get tested regularly? Yeah, just I took the one test yesterday. I think we have to take one Saturday or Sunday to, to take the charter to the next tournament. Um, if I don't take the charter and I fly out Monday morning, let's say, I'll get the Hilton Head, go find the testing site, get tested there. So um, you're testing prior to the next event for sure. So I look at it, you're testing once, maybe twice a week total. 
Wow. And and that's for players and caddies. So, you know, have you have you heard of anyone that's tested positive or has it all seemed to be okay so far? Uh, so far, so good. I heard some rumblings. Maybe a Corn Ferry player caddy may have had something happen for the saliva test. I don't know for sure. Um, but I have not heard anything as of yet. So, uh, you know, hoping there's nothing happened. Uh, everybody's negative and uh, we can uh, have a great week and then, you know, move on to the next and show the world uh, sports can happen and it's time to get back to work. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And I love the fact that, first of all, golf was so forward in coming out with this schedule and the projected dates to start back with such a cohesive plan that it does give everyone a bit of hope in the sporting world. Because let's be real, it's been missing from all of our lives. It's such a weird gap in our lives. No, it is. uh, Especially with what's going on in the world. I think we need some sports. Everybody needs something to kind of sit back and watch and and get away. And uh, that's what the the live sports gives everybody. So um, it's, I know NASCAR has been running some different races, but uh, it's going to be nice to kind of be the, the first sport aside from racing um, to be on TV showing live. I know all the, the betters are lined up, ready to start gambling on golf uh, and watching us and tweeting us and telling us how bad we are. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's exciting to, uh, to get back at it and, um, you know, give my sponsors, our, our tour sponsors, all of our partners, and all of our fans, um, live golf again. So Colonial Country Club, as we said a few times now, this is your home course. You've had some great finishes here. Um, what, 2016, you were uh, third. And then last year, T6. So for you, there has to be, first of all, that that comfortable factor when you're out there. But there also has to be a real desire for you to want to win this one. Uh, no doubt. I look forward to this tournament every year, uh, being a member all the friends I have, the my family and friends that are close, I always come out. So this would, this is the one win that I can't put into words right now. What it would, what it would, would it feel like? Uh, but it would be, uh, it'd be ultimate for me. I mean, obviously winning a major is huge on every, every player's mind, but to win this one, um, it would, uh, I, it had to happen for me to kind of explain what it's like, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the one I circle the most. And what about your game? So you've had three months to, to put in the work and you knew this was going to be the first one back. So there's that added motivation to really get prepared. But how's your game looking right now? It's good. No, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the work I put in the last two weeks, training, um, you know, physical therapy, uh, working with Randy Smith, you know, James and I have been playing Colonial. And we played three times last week. Uh, it's ready. Uh, I could tee off today in, in a tournament and, I wouldn't bat an eye. I think the game's in good shape. Uh, now it's a matter of just putting it under the gun in competition. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it fares come Thursday. But uh, I have no doubt in the back of my mind that um, we're going to have a chance to win this weekend. Excellent. Love to hear it. When it came to, obviously, it was the Players' Championship where this all started and that this pause was put on golf. Um, you know, it, it was a very unexpected break, as you say, you know, it was like an off season. D- how mentally did you get yourself into a kind of routine and rhythm to be able to still practice and, you know, not to take too much time off, but to keep preparing for this tournament to come? Yeah. And, you know, we canceled uh, after the players, uh, you know, we came home not knowing what nobody knew. And then as more and more tournaments canceled, you know, I was anticipating playing, 
one event thinking, okay, we're going to start here, I think. And then as the weeks went on, more and more turns were canceled. So uh, once we realized, okay, we're not playing until probably June, it was more of just sitting back and relaxing. I was still playing practicing a little bit here and there, but I wasn't taking it too serious. You know, I'd probably play twice a week and, and just really just hanging out like an off season. And um, that's how I approached it. And then once, you know, towards early May, middle May, we started, okay, this is happening. But the last two weeks of May, I started really putting it in grind mode mentally and then um, and physically knowing, okay, we're going to start colonial this, this week. And, uh, you know, after the last three or four weeks, so I've been in that uh that that mode of uh you know working out, practicing, getting seriously, you know, mentally ready to uh to play this this week. So uh yeah, it's been an entertaining three weeks, interesting at times, but uh we're ready to go. Excited. Yeah, the mental preparation has to be a huge part. But is there any one particular part of your game that you think that first of all you've you've really been working on in preparation for playing this course? Not necessarily, just mainly just playing. Um, you know, I had to work on a new driver. My, I had to get my backup driver and play. The other one kind of crapped out on me. But uh, that's the main thing was just getting my driver back in play. But other than that, nothing in particular I worked on. Um, just making sure things there. Uh, did the short game work on the A2. You know, the range work, the putting work with Randy Smith. So uh, we did everything just to make sure it's all working. And for me, it was just playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I put it in play for the last two weeks. and. Uh, I've had some great rounds. So uh, when I see it on the golf course playing, I know the game's in good shape, and that was the main thing. And then just, you know, keeping it sharp. And um, that's what I've been doing this past week, and uh, I'm ready to get going. Good. Well, as you say, home event, so there's that added excitement as well. And, yeah, after last year, and you seem to be in a great place mentally and with your game, relaxed and, and ready to go. So hopefully it is a great week this week. No, I'm excited. It's uh I know everybody's ready for watching golf and uh, I'm ready to play. So, uh, you know, the weather's going to be great. It's going to be hot, but uh, golf course is in perfect shape and um, I look forward to a great week. Excellent. Right, Ryan, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the new normal on the PGA Tour, but we cannot wait to watch live golf on TV this week. Hey, you got it. Thanks for having me on and uh, talk to you soon for sure. Excellent to catch up with him. And um, yeah, I mean, if what, from what he says, of course, first of all, all the guys were very excited to get back out there and to be playing and it's cool to see everyone. But even though the atmosphere is going to be a little bit different, these guys just want to play golf. They want to go out and win tournaments, win money, get FedEx Cup points. And Ryan is raring to go this week. Raring to go. Now, as I said at the start, we have... 12 of the Secret Golf team in the field. Last year, uh, Ryan finished top 10. Russell Knox, my brother, finished T8 as well. Um, Brian Harmon has had three top 15 finishes here over the past five years. The best one being T7 in 2017. JT Poston's had a top 20. Jason Duffner, Mark Leishman, Pat Perez. So a lot of good feeling around Colonial. It's a fantastic course. And uh, actually the next three weeks with um, Colonial and then we have Hilton Head next week and then the Travellers Championship in Hartford. So um, yeah, we're going to see some great golf over the next couple of weeks of that. There is no doubt. So Steve Elkington on the podcast as well. Um, he's talking about Colonial, uh, Hogan's Alley, the horrible horseshoe, some of the notable holes on the course. And 
he makes a really um, great point about the fact that maybe the lesser known names on the PGA Tour are really going to shine given the current circumstances. So this is Steve Elkington. Elk, finally we see each other. It's been a long, long three months. I think you've worn it better than I have. I see you've been going to the gym and you're probably super fit and everything. That's and that we've had lovely. terrible weather in Texas. It's been so hot. Yeah, here we've got terrible weather right now. But um, yeah, that's all we've been doing pretty much is work and then working out. And then um, we bought jet skis. So we've been going out on the water. And that's pretty you much it. Jet ski? Yeah, we bought jet skis. In the ocean or the river? We do the intercoastal. We've been out in the ocean once, but it's a little bit choppy for me. I get a little bit scared. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Remember that place we used to go down and have lunch at the, where we had our meeting? Do you go past that? Every that time. Way? That's like our go-to route. So there's like, if you go down that intercoastal that's pretty much at the back of TBC Sawgrass, there's loads of bars and restaurants that you can like dock the jet ski and just go in and have drinks and food and then get back on. So you're, you're a Scottish girl doing a pub crawl on a, a jet ski, is that right? <laughs> that That is it. That pretty much sums it up. Hey, you make, you make your country proud. Yeah, we always find a way. I mean, <laughs> even uh, even through global pandemics, we find a way to make it happen. Yes. I mean, it's it's weird. It's been really weird. Great this week that the PGA Tour is back and back in your home state of Texas as well at Colonial Country Club, the Charles Schwab Challenge. So, I mean, well, first of all, I know you've been talking to a lot of our guys. I talked to Ryan Palmer at the start of the week, but what are they telling you about how it is actually out on tour now? Um, well, first of all, I've, you know, I've talked to about 10 of them and um, they all unanimously say, they're glad that's happening. That's number one. Number two, they're really glad it's happening in Texas because we've been open probably the longest and Colonial is a really good place to, you know, play a golf tournament. For example, they, like the, it's just so happened that the schedule's falling on, on Texas. It could fall in Ohio or something, which may be a whole different mess with, with their governors or whatever they're doing up there. But Texas, nonetheless, is a great place to start. Um, they're actually liking all the less people on the driving range. I, I, I was sort of polled. I just sent out some questions to see what they thought. And <clears throat> like, is this worth it? How is it with no people? You know, I sent all these questions out just to see how they'd answer it. Every one of them responded to, they love it that there's no, nobody on the driving range except them and their caddy because it's just too much BS out there on the driving range. But, um, I, I'd say Mark Leishman was the one that said um, that it'll be interesting to see what happens when the fans come back. But as we know, it could all be different in a month from now. Mm -hmm. Either way. Already, already the kind of like global space is different. As you say, Texas opened up very quickly. I'm in Jacksonville in Florida. And to be honest, things are pretty much back to normal here. Like all gyms are open, bars are open, clubs are open. I mean, like you can really do anything you were doing before, but there's just this social distancing element. So as you were saying, you know, when the fans are allowed back, it's going to be different. But when I was talking to Ryan Palmer the other day, he said the only thing that was really different for the guys is, first of all, the fact they have to do the COVID testing. 
So they had to do one before they went out on tour. They had to do one at the start of the week. And then if they make the cut, they have to do another one before the weekend. And he said the other thing that was weird is if you need equipment looked at or if you need something tinkered with in one of the trailers, you have to like sign it in. They have to clean it. They go do the thing. He said that was a very lengthy process. You know, picking up your balls for the driving range, just things like that people need a little bit more patience with now. Yeah, I, I heard the same. They, um, a couple of guys said that the tour has overdone it with the testing. If nobody has it, why do they have to keep retesting? And then others have said they think they've done it just right. So <clears throat> uh, we'll see. I think um, the important thing to realize now with no fans is what's going to happen this week on the, on the golf. And, you know, I was telling my son Sam yesterday, it's like there's a lot of tour players that don't play that good in front of big crowds. For example, a lot of young guys are not used to that Saturday, Sunday, giant crowd pressure, say being paired in the last group with a Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas or whatever. I actually think it's pretty easy to predict what's going to happen this week. Oh, okay. I'm, wait, I'm like waiting with beat and break. What, what's the prediction? <laughs> well, I listened, to, I listened to Ryan Palmer talk about the golf course yesterday, and he said the course is really firm and dry. Of course, we know this is Hogan's Alley, and um, the Colonial Golf, the Colonial Country Club is, a for those that have not seen it or whatever, it's up in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's kind of squashed between TCU University and the Trinity River. And one nine goes out to the right and loops back, and the other nine goes out to the left and loops back. It's, it's a very thin piece of property, but there's all sorts of dog legs on this course. And traditionally, a lot of the big hitters have always skipped on this event. And, you know, Rory McIlroy, number one player, and Justin Thomas, a lot of these guys are playing at Colonial for the first ever time. I personally don't think any of those guys have a chance this week to win it just because it takes a fair amount of experience to do well at Colonial. I mean, I know for me, I never missed the Colonial. I probably played it 25 times, loved it. It's one of my favorites of I never won it, but I was up, up there pretty good because it suited me. You have to be patient enough to play the shorter club into the fairway. I just don't know if these guys have all their skills back all at once. But I'm predicting, Diane, that there'll be a younger guy that'll emerge because I, I see all these young guys playing you know, they came down to champions, Bronson Bagoon and a lot of the young tour players, we played with them. They score so low here with me or whatever. And I'm, I'm saying, well, why don't you, why don't you score this well on tour? And they, they say, well, you know, it's different. And I think there's going to be a sort of a runaway sort of, not a nobody, but the younger tour players are going to blitz it because they don't have to think about, imagine playing, being paired with Rory McIlroy on Sunday with the lead and nobody's out there. I mean, it's just like you and him playing a practice round. There's no extra pressure. And yeah, as you say, no extra pressure that they wouldn't necessarily be all that used to. The likes of Rory or Brooks or DJ, they've they've had that around them hundreds of times before. But that's interesting you say that because, and I relate it back to my brother Russell, only because I talk to him so much about every tournament, every course, heading back out there. And he loves Colonial. Last year, he shot a 65 in the final round. That was his lowest score of the year last season. And that's what he said. He's like, this is a great course for me because you don't have to be like a mega power player to do well here. If anything, that puts you at a disadvantage. It does put you at a disadvantage. I was, I was telling Sam that I think Brooks Kepka will only hit two drivers for the whole day. 
Number one's a par five, and number 11 is a par five. Both, both are, number one's reachable by almost everyone in the whole field. Number 11 is questionable, but I, I don't think he'll hit another one. So that, to me, that takes away his strength. Same with Rory. Um, Kevin Nah won there last year. Zach Johnson's won there. Um, Jason Duffner always plays there really well. So you think of guys that play well at Colonial, these are straight and not so long so they can – I mean, I'll give you an example. The, the hardest three holes at Colonial is called – I think it's called the Terrible Horseshoe. It's number three, four, and five. And it actually does a horseshoe around the driving range. Number three is about a 500-yard par four. You have to hit over the corner – got a position in between some traps and some deep rough. And by the way, they, Ryan Palmer said there's a lot of rough, so that's that's going to be tough on the guys. Second shot at number three is a long second shot. Fourth hole is like 250-yard par three, and then the fifth hole is regarded as one of the toughest holes at Colonial and the PGA Tour. Big dog leg right around the Trinity River. Very hard hole to hit the fairway. Um, those three holes right there, if you play those three holes in par for the week, say four times, you'll probably beat the field by five shots. Wow. Um, funny you say that about number five, because last week I was with Russell at this place in Jacksonville Beach, um, just right beside my house, and they have the Foresight Sports Sim in a Box. So he was playing Colonial Country Club on the simulator, and he said he was going to play number five as many times as possible because it's the hardest hole that they play on the PGA Tour. Oh, so it is actually ranked the hardest hole as all? Well, yeah. He thinks so, yeah. He's like, to me, this is the hardest hole that we play on tour. And he played that hole so many times that he said, I mean, I've played the course before, but after being able to practice like on the simulator and hit as many tee shots as I possibly can, I feel way better about going into it this week. Well, I'll, I'll, if that's the case, I'll, I'll sort of um, explain number five a little bit more, which is a long par four, dog leg around the corner to the right, um, along the Trinity River. But, of course, you can't see the river because it's all trees, but there's these giant cottonwood trees that hang out. When we see the telecast this week in May, it looks like it's snowing because the cottonwoods are blooming. You, have you ever seen a cottonwood? Do they have them in Scotland? Yeah, yeah no, but yeah. I was at Colonial last year and saw it. Yeah, so if you have enough courage to curve the ball out of sight, like where you almost can't see it land, that's the ideal spot. But most everyone goes a little bit left, and then it kicks away left down into some pecan trees and a little rough area, which makes it almost impossible to hit the green because you're now pinned in and you don't want to go for it too much because the creek's up there, the, the river's on the right. So... Um, you know, just five is just a nightmare as your brother is already practicing it a week before. So um, some of our older players, some of our older players on the tour, they'll remain nameless, said it's better without any fans. They don't have to worry about anybody. They, they can go play their golf and um, not have to do anything. They can just, you know, go and do their work. The funny thing in that sense is going to be par threes I think because they're so used to not seeing over the green on a par three because there's always a grandstand there so it's going to be I mean from your perspective is that true that when you're standing on a par three tee it's going to be really weird to see that like land over the green I think Andrew Landry wrote me and said that they've made the tv towers on some of the holes a lot bigger than they would normally to give them a little bit of perception 
But honestly, I don't, I'm not exactly sure that makes much difference because all these guys are precision players. I mean, if you have 150 yards to the pin, if you're a tour player and the green is holding, let, let's go back further. If you're 185 yards from the pin at Colonial and you hit that ball 175 or 195, you've totally missed the shot. These guys should be able to hit it within five yards of the, of the distance of what they're doing. The guys that are playing well. Now, if you miss hit it, we all know, we all miss hit the ball. Um, we'll come up way short, or if you hit one too low, it goes too long or whatever. But these guys are used to hitting it a specific distance. I mean, we see these guys practice Diane with their track mans, um, and they're, they're working on how far exactly they hit those each of those irons and Dustin Johnson said that he was he didn't become great until he learned how to hit his 80-yard shot and 70, 60, all that sort of thing. So they're used to hitting it. So to them, it's just a number. So uh, looking at the Secret Golf team, it's stacked this week. We have a, a jam-packed field, as you would expect, because, well, we'll talk about the whole FedEx Cup standings and how they're going to do that going forward in just a few minutes. But last year, we had, well, Ryan Palmer finished T6. Russell Knox finished T8. So the two of them, I mean, both feeling great about their game. We've talked about both of them already. Ryan told me that winning this tournament would mean more to him than winning a major. So he's out there. Like, he wants this badly. I read somewhere that he's played almost every day during the pandemic at Colonial. I mean, how much of an advantage do you think that has on this field? I mean, is it like one shot of nine? At least one shot of nine, I would think, just for, just from knowing which way the parts go. And not only that, he told me that he's been playing every day with his caddy, James, because he, uh, he lives there too. So the two of them have been out there playing the course together. Um, does it get to a point where you almost know it too well? That's it. Ryan Palmer's going to win this week. <laughs> and, uh, no such thing. He's had a third place finish. That was his best. That was in 2016. But one of our guys that I want to talk about is Brian Harmon. Two years ago, he finished T14, 2017 T7, and 2015 T10. So what is it about Brian's game and Colonial that seems to fit so well with these top 15, top 10 finishes? Well, I just haven't thought about that until just now, so I'm going to think about it. <laughs> well... When I think about Brian Harmon's game, he's left-handed, which is very interesting, um, to say the least, because as we know at Colonial Hogan's Alley, Hogan, there's a lot of holes that go left to right, fade, which is a draw for Brian Harmon. I think, you know, I think, look, Brian Harmon's not a power player. He's a finesse player. So if you go to Colonial and you try to overpower it, cut across the corners... Every one of these players are capable of cutting the corners on almost a lot of these par fours, Diane. The guy that plays into the fairway and, and goes from there, they're the ones that have seemed to do the best there. I mean, Kevin Nye won the tournament last year. He, he's ranked really short in the scheme of things, but it works really good at this course. I just throw, I just throw Brian Harmon into a, into, a, uh, into a group of players that are willing to play the course the way it's supposed to be played. Okay. Um, and Kevin Nadd had a lot of top 10 finishes up until that win. Another person that always seems to be, when I was looking back at the leaderboard and is always round about there, he's a Texas guy, is Jordan Spieth. So it could be an interesting almost comeback week for him. Yeah, I listened to an interview with him yesterday. He said he's taken this three-month break to recalibrate his game and try to get things back on the track, whatever that means. Um, you know, 
can't be can't be critical of him because I like him so much. Um, but he seems to sort of think about his game differently than when he was winning. When he's winning, he was very aggressive, really went for a lot of shots, real you know, real matter of fact. And when he when you listen to him talk about what he's working on, he's real methodical, real you know, real mathematically thinking about everything. And to me, it's a little bit of a crisscross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too much in his head a little bit, maybe. Um, okay, well, Colonial kicks off tomorrow. I have to call it Colonial because I really struggle saying Charles Schwab Challenge. It's a very difficult tournament name to say. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> So the PGA Tour season, um, 11 events were cancelled during the pandemic and they're still charging on with the FedEx Cup playoff set to be on Labor Day weekend, beginning of September. So instead of the usual 49 events that were planned, it's going to be 36 events. They're continuing with the FedEx Cup points. There's going to be a few changes going ahead and there's some interesting Um, I guess, things to look at when it comes to the big players. For example, Dustin Johnson is ranked 111th right now. Obviously, it's the top 30 that advanced to Eastlake. And Brooks Kepka, 213th, because they just haven't played a lot of events up until now. What's going to be the mindset going forward, especially for guys like that, that that need to play to get the points to make it all the way to the end? Well, it's a good question. I mean, this has thrown them all a loop. I mean, most of these guys that are, you know, Brooks Kepka that are making a lot of money off the course, there's no surprise that they're all back playing Colonial, which is probably a course that they wouldn't play normally. Him and Rory that are with Nike, those Nike sponsors, they want them back out there playing. So they're now kind of forced into a corner now to maybe play a lot more golf or to maybe adjust their schedule to do some playing some events that maybe they normally wouldn't play. Now, look, the tour is the tour. Everybody knows only the top 30 make it to the end. So at the end of the day, when you get out there, I hate using that um, simple terminology, you've got to get after it and uh, you need to get out there and do your deal. There's a lot of guys, Diane, that are really rich out there on the tour, but there's a lot of guys that are not rich as well. I've played with about three of them. It doesn't matter who they are. They, they want to go back and make, it, make a check. You know, they go, they haven't had a check in a hundred days. Now they're not getting the big contracts like some of the guys. And in fact, the tour, even I think the tour did a loan program to a lot of these tour, to a lot of the tour players to get them covered in this three months that they'll pay back to them when they make some money. So that was good to hear also. Mm -hmm. And let's remember as well, it's not just about the tour players, but they've they've got caddies as well that they weren't making any money unless they were on like some sort of um, salary deal, I guess, with their player. But it's definitely a three-month period that's going to have repercussions in so many ways going forward. Yeah, and how would you like to go to Colonial, uh, fly all the way over to Colonial, get get a swab jammed in your nose twice, miss the cut, and then have to sit around on the weekend because and you, you're going to make nothing and go to the next week down the road. I think they've got a, a plane they've all rented that or one big tour plane that they're going to take the players to the next and do this test again the next week. Mm-hmm. And, then, and so it's going to be tough for them. But um, every one of the players that I spoke to via text yesterday said they think it's well worth it. They're happy to be back. They're thankful to the PGA Tour for getting this on. Um, they're thankful to Charles Schwab. Some of the sponsors have folded um, and we can't blame them either. Um, But 
we, we're the recipients of seeing the golf, but our players, they want to play. And it's fantastic that golf is really the first prime sport that is going to be back showing live action on television because we've had all sport missing from our lives. So I keep saying to people, you know, even if you don't love golf, even if you don't follow it, and you can maybe name like five players on the PGA Tour, this is such an exciting time for the world and for sport. And, you know, that's not even blowing it out of context. It really is. This is a big, big deal. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think it's a perfect place to play it at Colonial. Uh, and I think it's the perfect sport because it's just the player and the caddy. And it's, look, we've been playing for three months over here and our club here at Champions, they, you, you know, you're now allowed to have two people riding in a golf cart. That's how sort of relaxed with they've, they've got to in Texas. Um, so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. There's word that um, they're going to have fans at the Memorial. And wouldn't that be nice for Jack Nicholas's tournament to be the first ones back to have fans? Of course, do you think Jack has any influence up there in Ohio by telling the governor, hey, we're going to have fans, okay? You get with the program here. When it comes to golf, Jack has influence over everything. <laughs> Let's That's correct. But it's going to be really interesting to, uh, to start watching tomorrow because we're almost back to a bit of a level playing field. We haven't seen any of these guys play apart from the ones that were involved in the, the two televised matches. But even then, you know, their games weren't really up to scratch. So it's, it is a bit of a level playing field. We don't have anyone who's particularly hot right now. We can't. Ryan Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Palmer's hot because he plays there every day. Yeah. But I do think Diane, that the winner will come out of the, out of Texas, the Texas player or a Florida player or an Alabama or a Georgia, all those States have been open a long time. Mm -hmm. I think of guys that are out in the West Coast, they, they might have been playing for like 30 days. Yeah. So I think, I think the guys that have been here playing, getting organized, and if I was going to look down the field who I was going to try to pick this week, I would be going with some young guys from Texas, maybe who you haven't thought about before, that are going to sprint away right out of the gate. I'd look at that early time on Thursday and see who's going to get out front because, look, they're going to be able to stay there. There's no one, no crap. There's no intimidation factor at all. Hey, Bronson Burgoon is the name that's jumping into my head. One of our secret golfers from Texas. He is. He he hasn't had that win. He he's had a few big finishes, but you know he's still waiting for his name to kind of be solidified when it comes to the PGA Tour. It could be a great week for him. He's playing unreal. Uh, he's been a champions at my club uh, twice, and the scoring that he's putting on out here. Not, not me telling you why he's playing good. The other true players that were with him are all saying, those guys, um, Bronson Bagoon, um, Johnny Vegas, Chris Stroud, uh, a bunch of guys all put up some money between themselves. doesn't matter how much it was. And they were going to play a 10-round tournament. They're going to go around over, the, over two weeks, three weeks, and they're going to count each day. And at the end of it, one guy got all the money. And um, it was a good way for them to keep sharp. And they were playing at different courses. They called me up and said, can we come down to Champions and play there? And I said, absolutely. Um, so Bronson Bagoon, Diane, was well ahead in this match. And that had, that had Patrick Reed, the Masters champion, was in that group with him. Yeah. So um, he's playing very well. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a chance for a young guy to get out there not be intimidated by anything, no extra pressure on the weekend and just go. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, good. Elk, thank you so much. So good to catch up. I'm beyond happy that golf is back. And if I'm this happy, I can't even imagine how you're feeling. And um, we'll talk next week and we'll see if your predictions come true. <laughs> the, only, the only negative is they won't even let me and you go up there. We, Sam and I were ready to drive up to go watch, but we're going to just have to watch from TV. Cool story there about Bronson Burgoon maybe finding a little bit of form heading into this week too. Well, more than a little bit. I want to know how much money he won off the rest of the guys. So thank you for listening to the Secret Golf Podcast. We are so happy to be back talking about golf. Um, even people that don't really follow the sport or know too many golfers, they've been coming up to me because they know I work in golf and saying like, oh my gosh, this is great. We're going to get to watch live sport again. And it's true. We're really at the forefront of this and hopefully it sets the president going forward. But enjoy the Charles Schwab challenge. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, I would love it if you could. We're on iTunes, on Spotify, on all podcast apps and websites. Follow along on our social media because we have loads of content up there from the guys. And you can also check out the video of Ryan Palmer from Colonial. And we'll be back with another one next week. Talking about the latest champion on the PGA Tour, which we haven't been able to say for a while.